This is Avoiding Babylon. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Rob, and I'm the co-host and producer here. You'll be hearing from my friend Anthony, the host and founder of Avoiding Babylon, shortly. (laughs) Trust me, you'll be hearing a lot from him, loudly and often. We're just two Catholic dudes discussing life as a Catholic in our confusing and turbulent times. Anthony is a construction worker from Long Island. Trust me, you'll hear his accent. And I'm just a desk jockey from Minnesota, which I suppose you will hear my accent too. We're not theologians or scholars. To tell you the truth, we're actually both just dropouts. Me from college and Anthony from high school. Yet we don't feel like that should stop us or prevent us from talking about and discussing the matters and issues that are important to us as Catholic men, husbands, and fathers. We both believe that community is key, and we really strive to build a community with our show. We do that by making our show as interactive as possible. Nearly all of our shows are live-streamed, and they're live-streamed on video, and they're really meant to be viewed on video and interacted with in the live chat. If you're listening to this on like an audio podcast or on the radio, we really will do our best to make it as audio friendly as possible, but it always doesn't work out so great. A lot of times we will be playing video on screen or showing photos on screen or throwing up comments from our video audience on screen. We'll do our best to to read or describe as much of it as we can, but we are not always going to succeed in that and we apologize. We'll do our best, though, but please do both yourself and us a favor by checking us out on video by searching for Avoiding Babylon on either YouTube or Spiritus TV. We're also on Rumble and Odyssey as well. If you're not familiar with Spiritus TV, we highly, highly recommend them. They are a Catholic video hosting site, similar to YouTube or Rumble, but without any videos or advertisements that are contrary to the Catholic faith. You can find them at spiritustv.com. Anyways, once again, thank you for joining us here for this show. Now buckle up and get ready, because it's about to begin. Yo, yo, uh, take me back to my reversion. Unite the clans, I give thanks to each person. It's that same holy water that we immerse in. It's that same tradition that we all each verse in. United we stand and divided they win. They ignited in their plans and divided they sin. If you think about it, they see us all for the same land. Their biggest fear is that we all remain friends. I got love for Team Marsh and y'all podcast. I got love for Michael Matt fans. Ryan Grant, Rick, Barrett, T. Flanders, and Eric Sammons. Shout out to my boy. John Everton, avoid Babylon. I got love for Anthony and Rob Speak on. If you try, you're persecuted the same for the weak heart. Our rules go way back before the Genesis, the Greek arc, sweetheart. Yeah, this is Mass of the Ages. Shout out to Bishop Athanasius, Father Dave Nix, Red Pill, we out the Matrix. Haters, ah. yeah. Want to hop in and chat with us? Now? <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm sending people messages. <laughs> Welcome back to the chaos. <laughs> the train wreck is back. The train wreck is back. Um, we are uh, curious. What did you guys think? 
What did you guys think? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't, it was such a weird thing to be like, um, with my wife watching respectable professional yeah, like, my wife is next to me so like i had to like tone it down <laughs> i could tell there was times you wanted to click on certain comments but decided oh, not to <laughs> yeah Margo says it was too civilized, too civilized yeah <laughs> yeah it was a bit uh but at the same time i i feel like they probably would have rolled with it pretty well they're very approachable right i mean yeah i thought so i yeah. thought they were Especially knowing, like, they know, like, they, it's almost like they, they kind of know from uh, seeing what my temperament is right away. We're back on. Oh. <laughs> Anthony couldn't get enough, Nicole. Can't stay away, Can't stay away from each other. No. Can you hear me? Yeah. No, no matter how much I try. Can't stay away from you, Rob. You're all I hear about. Rob. I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, get out of here. I'm talking to my friend. Right, this is my real friend. Right. Go back to your <laughs> corner. I'm just this, this is, is kind of scary, Anthony. What is that? <laughs> White wolf sent me. Oh, no. This guy's probably crazy, too. Oh, you're lying. Nah. Yeah, we're lying. What do you mean? Um, Max oh. says you need your own show, Nicole. I didn't know we the, were live. <laughs> Max says you need we were live last time, too. <laughs> you knew that, right? <laughs> People, we just wanted to see what people thought of it, so we figured we'd pop in. Uh, most people, uh, Margo says it was too civilized. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin wants to know how the cat is. We brought the cat. We brought the cat. She wants to bring the cat. This woman and a cat. Uh, every day I come home, and she's like, did you see the cat? I'm like, I don't care about your cat. Like, I just don't care. I'm like, just a cat. Uh, let's see. Yeah, you know, Margo. Oh, sorry. What'd you say, Rob? I was gonna, I was gonna say, people can say what they want about what White Wolf, but he's pretty loyal to watching, and he does spread the word about us. So, dude, I like him. I, he's I do most, too. He's the most. Uh, he's. The, I mean, look, he says whatever's on his mind. I mean, he said in the in the chat before. He said, uh, "I've been kicked out of more chapels than St. Paul was kicked out of uh, uh, synagogues." You want to? No, I'm just saying. Yeah, she just wants to show the kitty off. She doesn't realize. Listen. Anthony's eyes are getting watery as we speak. (laughs) We've been down this road before. We're going to keep this thing for six months and then get rid of it. This is what we do. We keep an animal. It starts destroying the house and it goes. Everyone loves Chinese food, right? Right. Exactly. We're going to cook it one night. I'm going to let it go. I'm just gonna bring it to the Bronx. We're going to let it go at work one day. Drop it. No, I'm not going to say that. Yes, it is a kitten, not a cat. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I was really nervous. Like, um, well, first off, like, I want to make sure if if a guest comes on that they give um, a good review of their time with us, right? So it's like, right. you don't want to get the reputation of, like, being, like, total goofballs. Like, it, it's, you want, if if they ever, especially with Sophia, it, like, they, they work with Sophia. So if we want to get another Sophia guest... I want to make sure uh, a show. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Joe. I don't know what that means, Joe. <laughs> what time is it over there down under anyways? Joe? Wait, Joe's from Australia? I th- thought so. Or is that someone else? No, no, no. I think he is. I think you're right. I th- I'm pretty sure. But um, the uh, you know we can see you in the mirror, right? What? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> scary. She's holding the cat in the mirror next to me. I'm like, 
You know, we can see you in the mirror. <laughs> um, what's it called? Uh, <laughs> uh, Bob came. Uh, oh my god, get this thing away from me. Um, yeah, so like they're especially because they're with they wrote their books with Sophia Institute. If we want to get other authors on, I want to make sure they give a good review so that we could get future authors on. We had a serious show. Oh, because of because of Father uh, Lavel. Father Lavel was very dry, right? He was very like. It's a Chicago cool. thing, though. Yeah, I think so. I think he liked it. I think he had fun. That sort of dry, take a shot at you sort of humor is definitely. I, I mean that fit right in with me. He came right out the bat making fun of my Long Island accent. Uh, Don says I missed the show, but if you guys were respectable, I don't feel too bad. Don, you should watch it. It was a good one. Very lighthearted. Yep. But the wives were on with us, but it was useful, which is not something we do well. Yeah, I think it was very informative. Like, I I think I asked good questions, right? You, I mean, you gave me the outline for the questions beforehand, but I they were some of them were so intuitive that I didn't even have to look at the questions. They were like, yeah. they just came naturally. Well, to be fair, uh, Lorraine gave me those questions, so they knew kind of where the convo was going and probably helped lead oh, it. Oh wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. So she sent yep. you the questions ahead of time. She did. Oh, that's pretty cool. So that's what Connor should have done when I came and interviewed him. <laughs> He's not going to see this. Don't worry. <laughs> yes, I I say what you think. That's the thing. Like you think it, and then I say it, and then I get in trouble because I was the big mouth that said it. That's how you. It's... You actually don't say. Things near as bad as what I actually think, but you definitely say things worse than I would ever say. Yeah, you would never like the gap between <laughs> the gap between what you think and what you say. You know, this this is what you think. Is no this gap. is what you say. Yeah, there is no for, gap <laughs> for me. This is what I think, but this is what I say. So, so we were. At, I, t- I think I told this story, but yeah, we were at my brother's house, oh, my sister's house, and my, we were talking about the temperaments because I just started reading the book. And my older brother was like, uh, he's like, Aunt, do like, like, do you think about what you're gonna say before you say it? I'm like, I don't know if I've ever hesitated. Like, if something <laughs> comes in my head, it's out my mouth before it actually is developed in my mind. Like, and I'll start talking and trying to work out an idea as I'm speaking without actually thinking ahead. Of, ahead see, of time. see, I'm the opposite. I don't speak unless I know word for word what I'm gonna say plus have three or four responses to whatever I think the person could say in response to what I said. Do you want to listen to what Rob's saying? You can't hear him. He's talking. Well, just sit. She's, she's standing here trying to read your lips. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mac, my question for you is, so, well, number one, are you the phlegmatic melancholic and is your wife the melancholic phlegmatic? And if that's the case, does she... <laughs> Does she do the melancholic dump on you? Because even though I'm secondary, secondarily melancholic, well, I don't do it as often as hope. There are times where I, I will dump on her if, if you know, because it builds up enough. Because because I let it build up, and that that part of the phlegmatic nature that wants to be diplomatic, sometimes that just gets overwhelmed, and I just let loose. Even, even not, not just on hope, but on good friends too. I think, I think hope has a way. Um, she's way more sarcastic than you. Um, yeah, right. So, but is that a temperament? No, I'm, just, I'm saying what I like, like I, 
Hope is way more sarcastic, but she's also way more take no crap than you. Is that accurate? Yeah. Well, and I think that's the more melancholic part, right? It's that more idealistic, can sometimes hold a grudge sort of thing. You know, another person who is like that to a T is Joe, right? Yeah. I mean, Joe's like, it. I would not be surprised if Joe is completely melancholic. He he took the test. He actually texted it to me. I'll tell you exactly. Oh. He, he's, he's slightly melan- He's slightly choleric with melancholic. I mean, he's... He's That's dangerous. a dangerous combination. Yeah, man. It's like, Why? but um, at the same time, if if you want someone fighting for an ideal, Joe, I mean, that sort of that's perfect. Then, so let me just see real quick. He said, Why is that dangerous? So it's just it's he doesn't care about relationships much. So yeah, it's all, it's all about ideals for him. Yeah, so he's. Um, He's 65 melancholic and 55 or 45 uh, choleric, which that's a lot of choleric in there, which I didn't think he was that much. I would have thought he was way more melancholic, where I think Kennedy is choleric, melancholic. Melancholic. So Kennedy, you can see he's just as idealistic. And Kennedy is Kennedy's that alpha male, bro. He'll get right in your face. Like he, he's mm-hmm. I mean, you see this whole thing going down with with, with Lofton, right? It's like. Yeah. Kennedy, Kennedy, if you say something about uh, Lefebvre, Kennedy will actually take it as if it's spoken to him, right? Like he, I mean, he he's got it, that melancholic idealism. It's in him. instant, right? That reaction is like viscerally instant in yeah. it. Yeah. Whereas then, Joe probably lets it fester. He'll fester and he'll think about it a little more. But what, what I think with Joe and Kennedy is. There's nobody that so you and I are the diplomats, right? You and I don't yeah. want to. You the relationships are everything to me and you. For I them, will compromise on an ideal, mm-hmm. not I mean not completely, right? Obviously, but I will make some compromises on uh, ideals for you for know the sake for of the friendships or yeah. for yeah exactly for the sake of the relationship. So where the two of them together, it's like I mean, dude, you, when Mark, you want to come on? Yeah, Mark, hop in with us. Um, so when we were, um, with Joe, I was trying to talk to Joe about not letting it slip about his feelings about Francis for a while. Yeah, I was like, Joe, keep, you know, keep it in, keep it in. Like, and he got to a point where he felt he was being dishonest. Once again, an ideal, right? An ideal. He felt like he had to be honest with himself and with us. Yeah. So it was like, I was telling him like, Joe, just, you just keep it to yourself. Like, don't just don't say. It. I didn't want to see him any, burn any burn any bridges with opportunities or things like that. But I mean, he came out and said it, and people accepted it. Okay, but it was like for for um, for you and I, like you and I. Especially, that's why we do what we do on our channel. We don't talk about the stuff going on in the church because we are trying to build relationships with our audience and have like a more of a community type thing where they're just like, all right, this is what is going on. And this is, we're going to discuss this thing and this is how it's going to go. Right. It's like, right. I mean, Kennedy, nobody breaks down a, a news topic going on. Like Kennedy, the guy is amazing. He puts those 15, 20 minute videos out and I'm like, he's the guy I want to go to, to listen to those things. Yep. So uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Margo says he's idealistic about Traz and attacking the Daily Wire. Margo, that's not what, what he was doing. What what he was saying is, I think, I mean, he he like anyone else was probably happy for more 
um, attention on, on the TL the TLM. I think for him, what was somewhat upsetting was um, people maybe waking up to the TLM. Not, he wasn't upset that people were waking up to it. He's upset that it took someone like like Matt Walsh instead of a like a legend like Lafave, right? That's I think what got him going. Is that yeah? I think, I think he's mis I think he's misguided in that in that understanding, right? So I I explained it like this. I said it's like it's like your favorite underground band is your favorite band, and all of a sudden they get radio play, and it's like no, like you want you almost want the traditional mass to be a little bit of like punk rock because you don't you you want it to be. That's what's making it countercultural is that it's punk rock right now. It's like. It's all young people going there. It's like these young men who are like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do, I'm going to live my life differently than the culture is right now. You don't have to stay. I know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love you. I didn't want to be rude. I don't know what that is. Um, so for, for, it's like when, it's like I said, when Metallica had Ed the Sandman hit the radio, you know? I was like, I, I missed the days of Master of Puppets. Like, I, I was jamming out to Master of Puppets before, before before the Black Album came out. Black Album came out, and Metallica was everywhere. But I said to Joe, like, it's like, you you do want that. Of course, you want more people to go and check out the Latin. I mean, look, when Taylor Marshall started pro, uh, promoting the Latin Mass, how many of us go to the Latin Mass because of Taylor Marshall? I know I do. I, you know, I don't know what your, what your story is. But uh, I know what I decided it was something I needed to look into more. Um, his videos were were the most easily accessible source, right? Yeah. I mean, at least I found them to be. Um, so, yeah, definitely. Taylor put out a challenge in 2017. It was 2017. He put out a challenge. It was at Advent. And he said, look, I'm going to challenge you to go to all four Advent masses at a traditional mass. Because he knows you go to one and you might feel out of place. Yeah. But by that fourth one, you feel at home and you will feel alienated going back to the Novus Ordo. Uh, to be fair to you, to be fair, you may not mean to talk about the stuff going on in the church, but even you guys are. I, um, I think what Anthony, I think what we mean when we when we word it like that is more we're not partisans necessarily of one side or the other or of, or of certain issues. Obviously we talk about the church and that's kind of like our world in a sense, right? Like, yeah. At least on here. Yeah. We're not, but we're not telling people go to the traditional Latin mass. It's the only one you're allowed to go to. We're not taught. We're not telling people if you go to the Novus Ordo, this problematic, I'm not going to take a position like that. I'm just not, it's not like for me, it's, Look, to me, what it really comes down to is as 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 messy as things are right now, I, I don't think – I think what mass you go to and how seriously you take your faith can actually make you a saint. But what really comes down to is are you living a holy life and are you striving for sanctity? Like that's really what – like you're not going to – when you get to the, to, to the gates of St. Peter, he's not going to say – uh, what liturgy did you attend? He's going to say, did you, did you love your neighbor? Did you, did you treat your, did you love your enemies? Did you treat others the way you wanted to be treated? Did you live by the golden rule? Now, the reason we go to mass is because the mass gives us the grace to do those things, right? Cause you can't just be nice to people. It's not just, Oh, just, just love people. It's not as simple as that. You're, it takes supernatural grace to do these things, which is why yeah. 
you can't get into heaven without being Catholic because there's no salvation <laughs> outside the church. Um, I will take that stand, but well, that's just David a dogma. Right, so, yeah, if something is if something's dogma. You know, I'm not into the whole um, uh, ecumenism thing. You know, there's things that I'm I will, but I'm not going to take a stand on uh, on issues that are causing major contention in the church right now. I just don't feel like adding to it. I'm not smart enough either. I'm not educated. I don't have a PhD in right. theology stuff like that. Right. It it either takes a lot of um, a lot of competency or a lot of pride to talk about that, and I know I don't have the the competency, so I try not to have the pride. Well, you're definitely more competent than I am, right? Especially on on a lot of issues, you're definitely more competent. I mean, look, I know these things. I don't have the language for them sometimes. Um, you know, it's just the way it is. But <clears throat> um, let's see, like. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Hit that again, Rob. I almost left the church because of the lockdowns and I found the traditional mess. Yeah, so like... <sighs> I think it's hard to deny that when the lockdowns were at the worst, I mean, it's hard to deny that the TLM and, you know, the 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 society of, of, you know, the SSPX largely was the group standing against it and offering the, the sacraments. Now, does that mean um, those who did lockdown were necessarily doing so from, you know, bad motives? No, of course not. But I think in hindsight, it's hard not to give a lot of credit to the TLM and specifically to the SSP, SSPX because of, what they did. So during, all right, even before the lockdowns, I would occasionally visit a chapel, right? Like I don't, I, it's not my parish. I don't, I don't go there, but I tried to always just follow what the church said. Like if that's the only mass you could get to, it's totally acceptable to go. It's not, you know, like I, so I never made it my, my home parish. It, it would just be, if there was, if it was the most convenient mass for me to go to and I had something to do that day, but that the timing worked out, I just tried to follow the church's guidelines. If that's when you would do that, that's what I did. I always try to follow the church's guidelines. Yeah. It's just, it's just always what I tried to do. It's not, it's not, uh, I, but I never looked at the society like they were in schism. I don't see it that way. And especially because of some of the best Catholics I know go to the chapel. They're just some of the greatest people I know are chapel attendees, you know? I mean, then it, it, to me, I'm not going to say that somebody that goes to the chapel is, doesn't have goodwill. Yeah. And whether or not, I think people conflate the issue of whether or not the the structure and hierarchy of the society is in schism with whether or not the Catholics who attend, who attend. mass at a, you know, a society chapel are in schism. I think those are two two separate issues. Yeah, that, um, that we're not going to weigh yeah. in on either one. We're just saying those well, right, No, exactly. I, I'm not. Yeah, I don't have the competency to weigh in on on the hierarchy part. And I don't have the authority to weigh in on the yeah. well on any of it. I'll tell you, even when Father Lavel was on last night, he, some of the things he was saying, I was like, uh, not that I didn't agree with him. That I didn't. I almost like was like, I don't want the controversy on our channel. Like, yes, you know, it wasn't that I don't agree with him. I, I probably. I probably do agree with everything he said, 
it was just like, all right, we'll try, we try not to do that here because we don't want to alienate people. We want, like, I don't, I don't consider a, somebody that who attends the Novus Ordo any less Catholic than I am. I consider a left calf less Catholic than I am. Darn you for calling us out, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were waiting for feedback from you guys, yeah. and you yeah. didn't give us much feedback. So we asked you, what did you guys think of it? How did it go? Did our, did our, did our was, was any of it a surprise, or like was any of it new? Because I got interested in the temperaments because I saw and heard so many other people on, on Catholic Twitter, on The Meaning of Catholic, on other YouTube shows talking about it. So I feel like I'm late to the game, personally. You opened my eyes to so much with the temperament thing. And this it really started right before we went to Steubenville. Mm-hmm. Uh, you made a couple of comments. And then when we went to Steubenville, you actually read what a sanguine was. Now, it didn't describe me perfectly because you didn't have my secondary temperament yet. Uh, I was trying to figure that out. You didn't suspect it. Well, I guess for me, at first I thought you were more choleric with some, you know, uh, sanguine. So you thought choleric was my main originally, but getting to getting to know you more, like personally in person at Steubenville, that's when I started to realize, like, no, this guy just wants you're 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 a stereotypical party host, right? I mean, that's that's you basically. You want you want everyone to have fun, and you you want to be the one to kind of create that fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. It's so it's I am a stereotypical sanguine. Yeah, so it's like it's not just that. It's like when when I heard that you weren't going to be able to go, it was like I would have moved heaven and earth to get you there. You did, I, but but that's what I mean. I, if it meant me driving to Minnesota, I would have. <laughs> like I, I I I didn't care what I had to sacrifice. I just wanted my friend there. It was like like I don't know. There's the, there's there's very good things to having that temperament, and there's very bad things. They're like they're you know those like weaknesses. Yeah, those weaknesses are no joke, and it doesn't mean I commit those. It means those are my weaknesses. I, I, those are tendencies. So um, at first, I didn't understand insincerity because I was like, I'm not insincere. Like if I say something, I mean it. But what that means is, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say it. Um, to me, what that means isn't that you're insincere. It, it's kind of that flighty, um, how you can come off as flighty. Not that you're actually insincere, but because you kind of flit from thing to thing to thing to thing, it can kind of seem insincere seem, or that, that you're not actually thinking about it. And and I was thinking insincere meant like if I'm saying thank you to somebody, I don't mean it. Or if I say sorry to somebody, I don't mean it. That's not what that means. It's, it means exactly what you just said. I'm very flighty. So it's like, uh, you know, I do flip from one thing to another. It's it's almost difficult to find something to be passionate about, right? Like, because different things catch your interest constantly. It's like the, yep. for, for me to even have this podcast that I'm passionate about, dude, I really enjoy doing this. Like it's, it's something I look forward to every time we're going, I don't know why we're just having a conversation. It's like, but I really do look forward to it. Um, and I look forward to interacting with the people. It's it's a very fun thing for me. I don't see us dropping it anytime soon. No. Right? <clears throat> now, it's funny because, you know, you say one of your weaknesses, your temperament's weaknesses, in, in a general sense anyways, is, is um, insincerity. You know, um, the, the sanguine 
you're saying when I'm phlegmatic, um, both are that, that people person, except you're extroverted. I'm introverted. So whereas your weakness, one of them is insincerity. One of mine is apathy. So whereas it seems like you kind of don't care because you're too busy going from thing to thing. Me, it can just seem like I don't care because I just don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's yeah. like a, an introverted type. Is, of that, is that okay? So now it appears as apathy, but it's not the actual case though, right? Not always. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There are times, for instance, um, Connor, if you're watching, I, I, I've already told you this separately, but like when Connor asked me to be on the, the election show next week, and I said, no, part of it is obviously I'd like more time with my wife and kids. Right. But I also told him, I'm just not that interested in the election. It's not because, um, well, there's a lot of reasons for that, but part of it is just kind of a, I just don't feel it's important anymore. And yeah. so I just have a hard time putting effort into something that I just, it's like, eh. Hang on one sec, bro. Um, what do you, yep. what do you want me to order? It's not. It's ten people. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Hear that, everyone? Do you want it? He doesn't care. Do you want All right, listen. That's insincerity, right there. Are you sure? I don't know. This is nothing. Wait, don't. Fill the chair, whatever you want. Whatever you don't want order the Chinese food. You might lose the cat. Yeah. <laughs> we, I actually, before we did the show, I was like, "Oh, we'll go out for a date." I totally forgot about it. Uh, I thought the test nailed my weaknesses, but I didn't get my strengths accurate. So, so Don, you. Go ahead, I, what, what is Don? You might know. I don't know. I think Don is definitely melancholic. Um, he's definitely introverted. Um, I think he has phlegmatic in him too, though, because Don he, isn't idealistic like that. Like I, I you know what I mean? Like, and he's definitely he, he's always trying to make peace on Twitter, yes, even if it's in his own dry, sarcastic way. Yeah, listen, Don. He also doesn't like controversy and drama. Like he doesn't, Don doesn't watch most of Catholic Twitter or Catholic YouTube at all. Right. He's not into watching Taylor Marshall and Kennedy. Oh, see that? He's he's almost a perfect mix of both phlegmatic and melancholic. Yeah. So, but that's, that's wild. So it's like, um, he's, he's very concerned with relationships, right? Like when he see, he saw me and me and Don will message me privately sometimes. And, um, and tell me, maybe, maybe you handle that a little wrong, right? So, like, he, he has no problem telling, confronting me because he knows I fly mm-hmm. off the handle. And Don and I are close enough that he'll say something like that to me and he'll actually tell me, look, I maybe, maybe you, you know, but he does it very diplomatically because he is concerned. Don does not want to sacrifice his friendship with me. He, he knows I'll listen to his advice if he gives it to me. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I would think he's more phlegmatic than melancholic. He's definitely a, an introverted, deep thinker. He's not an outgoing guy. Um, it, it, it was like pulling teeth to get him to talk to me after mass the first time or two. You know, actually, you know what? No, the first time we talked, he he confronted me. Um, really? Yeah. So he had he had seen interactions between me and Steve Skojak, and the first time Don and I met, it was after mass, and he goes, "Goes you're on uh, you're on Twitter, right?" I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "I've seen interactions with you and Steve Skojak," and we we had like a quick two minute conversation, and then I came home that day and I. And I went on Twitter. I was like, oh, I met somebody after mass today that recognized me from Twitter. 
and he and he made a joke like classic Don dry humor. He goes, like I forgot what the joke was, but it was just such a sarcastic dry thing. I was like, okay, I like this guy. <laughs> and then you know, then we just started, and, and now anytime I see Don, we, we you know we sit, we talk for a few minutes. <laughs> Yeah, Margo, you're right here. My coming off as apathetic, it's I, I just I it's hard for me to fake um yeah, being enthusiastic. Definitely. Where okay, so if I had a terrible day at work. What hope? They said you can't even do it for me. Yeah, hope says I can't even fake being enthusiastic for her sometimes. Where I can put it on. Not even sometimes. Yeah, I bet you but at the same time, I bet there's Many times you you don't even have to put it on where I'd have to or try to. Well, here's what I mean. If I had a terrible day at work, what, I will have no desire whatsoever to do the show sometimes, especially mm-hmm. trivia, because like we have to do trivia on, on whatever day we schedule for because we invited guests on. And it's like like something like this. We could cancel at the drop of hats. Like it's just the two of us. But when you invite guests on, especially like and people are expecting it, like I felt like, like I'll feel like I want nothing to do with it. As soon as I'm in that green room, I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's people around. Let's go, guys. Let's have some fun, you know? So yeah. I don't think anybody has ever seen me on the trivia show where they would know I had a bad day that day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I th- There's probably, I can probably see it more than them, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're more tuned into it. Plus, me and you were texting beforehand, and I'm saying, yeah, I'm like, dude, I don't even know if we can handle this today. But, like, once performance time comes on, I can perform, you know? Yeah. What did you, where are you ordering from, Wild Ginger? Yeah. Oh, I just wanted, uh, I'm going to get sushi. No, I got, I got sushi. Yeah, not the ones I want. Well, I got the Red Dragon or whatever. Right, let me see here. Sorry, guys, I'm getting the dancing roll. Don says, uh, Don says, you were saying that you don't feel bad bailing on me. But the thing is, Don, he's never bailed on me. You know, no, like, I haven't. He, it's no, a, wait. It, the one time I did was when I worked that double shift, but that wasn't, I wasn't bailing. Like, I could not function, right? Um, I'm trying to remember what you're talking about when, when Jason I and that- I. Did the oh, that, episode? No, but I even tried to do that. I just couldn't yeah. do that. But no, there was one time I remember we had the trip. Remember the first time Matt Gaspers was supposed to come on? It was the first time he was supposed to come on, and I felt so bad. I worked a double shift, and I just I was gonna try and stick it through. Oh, and I was just, but we canceled the show. It's not like right. Oh yeah, yeah I never left you hanging like that. But right, yeah, no. I had to I had to bail because it was just way too uh, way too much for me. Um, let's see. <laughs> Sorry, I'm ordering food here. So going so the uh their their quiz page, right? Their web website gives famous people for your temperament. So like for me, flame, famous people famous phlegmatics, you know, I know on the show I, I said St. Thomas Aquinas, but um Pope John the twenty third is on there. I don't know enough about him to to determine if that's true. Saint Gregory Naziazin is another one. Um, let's see. They also list like fictional characters, like apparently Winnie the Pooh is phlegmatic. <laughs> they have so they'll even break down fictional characters like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have they have Ron Weasley, which you know, I know Harry Potter is kind of a contentious issue. Um, Calvin Coolidge for history buffs. Keanu Reeves, I could see Keanu Reeves being that sort of like 
diplomatic, peacemaker, phlegmatic. Everybody says they like Keanu Reeves. Like no matter where you, no matter who you talk to, everybody, he just, he seems like he probably has uh, either similar to you or similar to my wife. I know he's pretty introverted. You know, he's, you don't see him going out uh, to parties or events necessarily. So, yeah. So I thought you and my wife were very similar because you just came off as so likable to me, but my wife is outgoing. I mean, she like, okay. We like, we went to that Halloween party. Like everybody there was so happy. Me and Nicole were there. Like we were just like, we're the life of the party. We get everybody going. Like we'll line, we, you know, we get everybody to line up shots. We have fun. Like we just, we light the place up when we're together. Her and I are right. a dangerous combo together. Like was and and the problem with, with when we go out together sometimes is you don't know when the party should end, right? <clears throat> you don't know I mean, when it's time. To the difference between you and Nicole because you're both sanguine, primarily. If someone upsets you, you might hit them. If someone upsets right. Nicole, she's gonna make peace. <laughs> She'll swallow it. She'll swallow yeah. it. She'll, 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 listen, the te- the the danger in being my wife's temperament of sanguine phlegmatic is you can become a doormat. Yeah. And people could walk all over you and take advantage of it. And not just that, like they, people have no problem telling my wife when they think she did something wrong, where they would never say it to me because they know they're going to get punched in the face. You know, it's like, maybe not punched in the face, but like, like people will hold back from saying something to me because they know there's going to be a confrontation where my wife will sit there and she'll feel so terrible that she upset someone. Like if you, if my wife thinks somebody's mad at her, it really deeply affects her. Where me, I, I, I have to tell her constantly. I'm like, who cares what these people think of you? Like, whereas, I don't care what people think of me. Whereas, like for me, like obviously, you know, I want to be. I, I don't ever want to upset anyone. Necess- it's hard to say. I have that diplomatic um, part of me that tries to make. Friends, not friends, because I don't really like people. Uh, how do I say it? <laughs> I have that diplomatic side to me, but if I'm mad at someone for a reason, I want them to be mad at me. I thrive on that. Then that's that mel- that melancholic part of me, right? Like I want them to be pissed at me because I'm pissed at them. I want them to dislike me because I dislike that. You know, it's a kind of a okay. I can give you a perfect example. You were mad at me the other day. You didn't say a word to me. You did not say a word. You oh, just, the uh, activated your Twitter account for a while. Now, you never said who you were upset with. You didn't have to, right? But I knew I pushed things too far, right? And it's like sometimes when you say nothing, it's worse than you saying something. I'm, I'm trying to remember what you were doing, though, because it, it was wasn't just Jake. you. It was me and Jake. So I think it was – first of all, you, you love Jake. Jake is your one of your – I mean, he's Godfather. I, I, I can't not like he's been in my life. He's such a as, great guy. He, yeah, he is. Man, he's like an amazing guy. But him and I butt heads some, sometimes, right? Like, what, but at the same time, like, I wasn't upset with you. Like, I was upset at the situation. I was ups- upset at the fact that like what I was trying to do to fix it wasn't working. That's what upset me. Yeah. That's why I just way, you, got, you got frustrated, right? And it's like you got so frustrated, you were like, "I'm just tapping out." I'm just, I'm just I had to. I, I, just, I, I, can't, I can't even watch this crap anymore. So you never said a word to me, and yeah. 
you not saying anything was so like so impactful. It's like I wish my silence had that kind of an effect. I don't know if I'm capable of it. <laughs> See, what's funny is like the fact that you're actually like t- like bringing it up and talking about it is like so foreign to me. Like you're like why are we? Why are we, I, I'm like, why are we talking about this, Anthony? Let's just let's. It was buried. Let's leave it buried. Why are we talking about it? Okay, so I think you and I. Um, no, Nicole said you like making people uncomfortable. <laughs> I do. <laughs> That's not what I'm doing. I think that I think that honesty, especially in a situation like this, is good. It's good. Um, the, the fact that you just brought it up and like we're willing to talk about it and like clearly aren't upset about it. That's that's big. Like that that I don't know. It's big for our friendship. Well, first off, I think I push you. Man, this is getting really gay. I think no, I think I push you out of your comfort zone. And then I think that when I see your reaction, I'm so concerned with your reaction that I'll like I even toned it down. I even said to you, I was like, dude, I'll 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 chill out. I was like, I'll take a little break. You're like, don't take a break. It's not that serious. Like just, No, it, it it really wasn't. I just Yeah. That melancholic that like that melancholic dump that we you know we talked about on the show. That was about to happen. Like I was about to let loose on you and Jake and fr- you know flipping everyone else, and I didn't want to do that. I knew you were going to, so I texted you. I said, "Rob, you don't need to say anything." <laughs> Wait, this is, I was just thinking this is getting gay. <laughs> so I'm just trying to break down the fifth wall. Like you guys, like I, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to just share like what goes on behind the scenes. So look, there's a lot of podcasts where you see guys do it together, but they're not friends. Like, I don't know. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like when, when Taylor and Tim Gordon were together, like they texted each other and stuff, but I like there was, I don't think they had like a real, because they had a blowout and they, and the show ended. She asked, how do I know? <laughs> I don't know. I'm guessing. I'm I'm guessing. Everyone knows, but no one talks about it except yeah. Anthony because he'll talk about anything. <laughs> Look, one of my weaknesses is gossiping. That's one of my weaknesses, right? So it's like, I, Nicole, can I do my show? Like, this is why I'm in the basement. No, me and Rob are pre-recording. We'll cut this out. We'll edit it out later. It won't go out over here. It's not even going to be on air. We're going to edit this out later. Um, For the record, we've never edited anything out. <laughs> She's so All funny. the concerns we even know have to apologize to the world tomorrow. <laughs> Go back to your basement. <laughs> you know, Joseph, I, I did know that. I mean, I know... I know they more or less hated each other's guts. Okay, do you know why? Do you know why? It wasn't that they originally did. It's that no. they stopped. It's that they stopped having beers together. Right, like they stopped having beers together. They stopped being yeah. friends. Like that's all that happened. So, like you, you see this with um, Vice, Vice Magazine. Uh, you had uh, Gavin McInnes and what's the guy? What's the other guy? Shane Smith. They start Vice Magazine in Canada. Vice is in like now Vice TV and like Vice Gavin TV. McGinnis was part of that. Gavin McGinnis started Vice with Shane Smith. They were best friends. They were these punk rock like hipsters in Canada. They start Vice together. They stopped hanging out together, and eventually, such a wall came up that Shane Smith drifted so far the other way. He stopped. 
I mean, I know Gavin McGinnis isn't like actually conservative. He's more just a libertarian, but like vices so far, I would have never left. thought. They grew yeah. apart so much that Gavin was just like, what is going on? And what wound up happening is Shane Smith bought Gavin out. And Gavin got a couple million to go his own separate way. And that's what wound up happening. He just, he took a couple million and he walked away from it. That's where Gavin McInnes comes from. He comes from Vice Magazine. Yeah. But, but I've heard him tell the story and it's like, he's like, yeah, we just stopped like hanging out. Like we stopped liking each other. Once you stop like being friends, that's where the problem comes. I know at the beginning, like Vice was doing some pretty like, um, not that they weren't always somewhat liberal or leftist right but no, they weren't a they lot were, a lot of yeah. what they were doing was pretty cutting edge like cutting edge yeah. journalism yeah was, well even before like so once what, what happened with vice is um hbo bought them out yeah but before that they were a magazine and they were they were just like punk rock like they were just doing like weird things like i don't know it was just wacky stuff like they were just cutting edge wacky stuff it was like you know and then like it just they just drifted apart, and then Shane Smith saw a chance to make hundred million by selling it to HBO, and he did. <clears throat> so um, yeah, Margo, I don't think you have to worry about either of us going So yeah, so back to the whole thing from the other day. It was <laughs> it was like that you not saying anything was traumatic for me almost i'm like oh man like I'm, i was so worried i pushed you too far and but i think the two all right so i think our two temperaments actually complement one another right like especially for what we're doing oh, right yeah. now my the most fun i have doing this is when it's just me and you talking i enjoy I the know. trivia show i really i do have fun doing that but my favorite shows are some of those where me and you just sit down and we have no plan we're just like, let's just see where this goes. And it's those are some of the most entertaining ones. They're just it's just natural conversation between two friends. Yeah. Yeah. So, I agree. And we talk about it all the time. We actually were saying I was texting Rob yesterday. I'm like, all right, I got ideas out the like I have so many ideas. So I wanted to do a uh can we can we actually air can we show that? What like this horrific trend on YouTube shorts? Um yeah, I can share a tab. We just, I want to be careful what we show. I want to show just that one I sent you. Um, oh, Mark, oh, wait, Mark needs the link. That was an iMessage. Oh, yeah, let's get Mark in here. Yeah, hang on. Uh, because of, have... of everyone in our, you know, friend group. Oh, that was a half hour ago, dude. I hope. Oh, man. He didn't say it on here. We would have seen. Oh, let's see if we can get him in. Because I love talking to Mark. Yeah, and he's, he's the one we know the least about temperament wise. Actually, I know. Yeah, what is Mark's temperament? He he's got a real idealistic streak in him, so he's got to be part melancholic. Um, I think he's the opposite of you because he's very likable. I mean, but he he's got the idealism in him, but he's also yeah. He say he say stay for five minutes, just get in here. Yeah, so Lauren's right here. You know, phlegmatic melancholics are mad when we don't say anything at all. You know, yeah. like I'm not an extrovert, so I'm not like super talkative, and I, I, I take a while to formulate a response. But because I'm always like trying to mend fences or keep a relationship, like <laughs> if I'm 
completely dead zoning someone, it's because I'm pissed. Well, let me give you an example of how that works. Me and my wife, right? My secondary is choleric, confrontational. Hers is phlegmatic, right? So what happens is we have a fight. She will give me the silent treatment, and I want to go to war. (laughs) How the hell is she able to sleep right now? This is insane. I can't believe I'm in my room losing my mind. Like, I I can't sleep. My my mind is turning like this. It's going crazy. And she could just turn it off and go to sleep. And I'm like, this is inhuman. That's another thing. Like, I I can, and I don't know if this is temperament-wise, but um, I can fall asleep and ask my wife home. I can fall asleep in literally 45 seconds in any circumstance, anywhere. Whereas, okay, let's see. What's going on? Mark, What's up, Mark? I was just saying, so if me and my wife have an argument, right? Okay. So because we're both sanguine, so we're both extroverted. And then my wife has phlegmatic, which is more like Rob, and I'm choleric, which is like alpha male aggressive. Yeah, so start we'll defining some of these words if you want me to keep up here. Man. <laughs> so I'm gonna watch we, we both have the same um yeah. primary temperament okay. but our secondaries are so opposite so my my secondary is very aggressive alpha male hers is more like rob where it's she can hold it in keep the pe- and so if we have an argument i'm in the room losing my mind while she's passed out on the couch like nothing ever even happened and she could fall asleep like that and my brain is going like this. hold on hold on did everyone hear that yeah, anthony kicks his wife to the couch oh yeah Hundred percent. That's not even a kicker. She will walk out of the room because if she stays in the room, I'll keep fighting. I don't kick her anyway. I just I want her to stay in the room. I don't want her to leave. I'm like, no, 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 we have to finish this. I can't go to bed without completing the argument. It's like, no, I don't. I can't, I don't know how a human being can go to sleep before figuring it out and making up. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> my my experience of of you, Anthony, is that. Uh, you not only can well will have a discussion about how many angels can dance on the head of a pin, but you will go to war over that over your position <laughs> on this topic. I mean, <laughs> think about it, me and Jason it'll just arguing. be over a a different you know a, using a, a different word, a semantic difference. Me and, oh. me and Jason were going at it over. A semantic oh, I know. Difference. Which which no, but I I dig that. I I actually kind of it's one of the things about you that I like. I I. I, when I was a kid, and I and I used to hear in the Gospels that Jesus would spit spit you up out of his mouth if you were lukewarm. I never understood what that meant until you become an adult and you meet lukewarm people, and you're just like, "Yeah." Uh, hold, wait a second. Hold on. Weakness, weakness for a flag. Oh, lukewarm. Ah, oh, son of a. So wait a minute. Now, Rob, what, how do you figure out? Does Jesus have all four <laughs> temperaments? Yes. Why wouldn't you ask it? Yeah, so so stupid. that would have been a brilliant question. Yeah, well, that is actually I, a good I, question. Nicole, that would have been a brilliant uh, question because we only have the things he says. So you you're I only going based on the writings, but I would. Th- I would. So yeah, the they do discuss it in the book, and him being uh, a perfect man, right, with a perfect <laughs> nature, he would have the the perfection of all four temperaments. So Nicole, he would have had the perfection of all four temperaments. Yeah, but that's not a stupid question. That's what do you mean? Yeah, a lot of people wouldn't even think to ask that. That's, that's a good I, yeah, question. Nicole. Sometimes you're too timid. 
Yeah. <laughs> I criticized her. She's upset. Yeah. I don't think that's a temperament. I think that's it. You're the best. I love you. <laughs> She's right. It, it's it, Jesus didn't have temperaments. He had a perfect nature. Yeah. Temperaments are different aspects of a complete human nature. Yeah. Yeah. He would have had a perfect. Um, he would have had a perfectly rounded. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, but it's not a stupid question to ask the temperament. No. Like, that would have not, no way would that have been a stupid question. That's actually um, a very good question. Shout out to Margo. I'll see you in the comments. <laughs> Mark, we're trying to figure out what you are because <clears throat> you're one of the most likable people, too. Like, you, I think you're very similar to my wife. Like, you are outgoing. You're not an introvert. You're definitely an extrovert, right? So, yeah, I, I have my moments. I mean, I, I, I have extroversion moments, but then when I'm done, I'm done. So like, so, uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there was like a point that, that, that night in Steubenville where I, I just, I was like, okay, I'm just waiting for you guys to wrap up. Cause I'm ready to go and I'm ready to go to sleep. <laughs> okay. So do you find social interactions draining? Oof, yeah, they can be. I mean, it, it, it all not, I, it depends on, the social interaction. At, if I'm going to hang out with you after guys one, now. do you need to be alone to recharge, or does being with people recharge you? Man, that's a good question. I don't even know. <laughs> that's so that's the thing question. about the I have to think quiz. about this stuff. Yeah, yeah, Mark, the temperament quiz is not easy. So there, some of the questions are like that's one of the questions. It's when you okay. So like, if you're bummed out, does do you need to be alone to recharge, or do you need to be around people? So for me, I was telling Rob, if I had a really bad day at work, and then we're going to do the show. I come on the show and that recharges me being around people. It gets me going. Like I'm, I, it actually puts me in a good mood to be around you guys and actually have a conversation. I think now, I'm more of a solo, like, like being alone, uh, having some like alone downtime really re- recharges me. And like, like being, and being on the show, it can make a, one of my bad days a lot better too. And like, I love it. But afterwards I need to be alone with hope. Like, watching tv to shut my mind yeah that's the that's the other thing like i like to be alone but my wife is the person that i like to hang out with the most she is um which i've been around couples that just don't like each other and believe me that's not a lot of fun and i was always worried about that growing up as a kid like man i really hope that if and when i get married that it works out because it hasn't hasn't a lot of people that i know so are you and your wife homebodies or big time Big time. Yeah, big time. Okay. Hope and I are too. Yeah. Oh, so me and Nicole love to go out and do stuff, right? Yeah. Like, so I, she's a little upset because I didn't take her out because she got all dressed up. So I was like, we'll do the like, show and then we'll go out. And, I mean, like, like, Hope and I like going out for dinner, but we wanted to be someplace quiet. Some We want to be in a, a table away from people and, yeah. you know, stuff she wants like to that. Dance. She wants to be on the yeah. dance floor. No, she wants Hope to I, be. Well, Nicole wants to be in the mix dancing and I don't see I don't see how anybody could be married to you and not be that way. (laughs) No, all right. So Nicole, he said, I don't know how anybody could be with you and not be that way. Like I don't think any other temperament could handle me, right? Like I yeah, I got a buddy who's just like you. Uh is he he's a Protestant, but he is his name is Dustin, and he is like the extrovert biggest personality in the world his wife's got a huge personality too and i've 
we've often said, you know, like only those two could make it work. Because if she were any different, or he were any different, the two of them would not be able to stand each other. Yeah, it's. I think that I think God puts us with people. You know, like I, I, I hear couples that like they'll go out to dinner and they have nothing to say to each other. I couldn't imagine not having anything to say to my wife. Oh, I we have those. Yeah, we have those. But they're but they're not they're not tense. It's not awkward. awkward. No, yeah. there, there are. T- I, I know Hope would Hope would say that she wants me to talk more with her. But there are times when her and I are completely fine, like just being with each other, like and not filling the air with words i mean that's how it feels to me sometimes is people feel fill air with words for the are, sake of talking right like just for the sake of it hon <clears throat> they can't hear you and i'm listening to them she, she's Yo, reminding me so much of my mom right now my mom will talk to me <laughs> she hears the things I'm saying. She doesn't hear what you guys are saying. So I say something and she's responding to <laughs> My mom will have a conversation with me on a different floor of the house when there's no way I could possibly hear it. Um, she's, listen, she's, she likes to talk to. She's like, she, right now, she's, she, here's the thing. She wants to be on with us, hanging out with us right now. But she's like, I, I don't want to be on hanging out with you guys because she doesn't know what we're talking about most of the time. <laughs> Then come and hang. I didn't know who the heck that person was you were talking about. Nicole, when are you coming to meet Mark? I you never met Mark. Catholic drama. Come and meet Mark. Oh, I, I'm I'm pretty drama free. <laughs> I'm probably the, I'm probably the crankiest. So this is this is Mark who I went to the student. In- put the headphone in. Say hello, Mark. This hi. is my wife. Nicole. Hi, Mark. hi, Nicole. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Please let, don't. Please, I hope I'm not the reason that you have taken off. I no, they were okay. talking about like we started know, getting into church stuff. Really. And she's like, I don't want to hear. Uh, I don't know who this Archbishop Lefebvre is. I didn't is. know who Lefebvre. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I did. I was like, I don't know that. You know, but isn't that isn't that it's weird fine. that like so many Latin Mass people nowadays like they don't care about Lefebvre or any of that. That like that's that doesn't yeah. even factor into their their equation. My no. my my family doesn't. I'm, pay attention to any of the church yeah people. well that's what that's what some of, some of the people were saying when traditionis custodis came out is is that francis obviously is stuck in the old politics of this because the most of the people who are going to latin mass nowadays they don't care who lefebvre was they don't care it. about what happened you know i try to protect them well, from I, don't it. I don't like want... go on twitter and all those things i'm not on twitter either uninformed <laughs> I can't even hear you. Um, yeah. No, let me tell you something. Something admirable about it because she's not caught up in. Oh my gosh, what's I happening now? What's happening now? What's happening? Now? It's like she. It's not. It's nah. there's something admirable about not needing to know what is happening. Like it's just. She, well, there's something. There's something Catholic about it. Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes I feel like I put myself in my little. No, she'll okay. ask me once. So she goes, so what's happening? And then I'm like, all right, enough. As <laughs> soon as I tell her one thing, she goes, I don't want to hear this. I don't care. Dude, <laughs> I, the, the, the most liberating day of like recent memory of my life is when I've deleted my Facebook. Yeah. Man. And, and like my life just started to get better when I wasn't being inundated with all this quote unquote news mm-hmm. that was coming across. Mm-hmm. And, 
Yeah, so Margo's saying she eats up all the commentary. Like, well, Margo, you're also single, right? So it's like, it's not, I don't, it's just easy for, like, and I'm at work all day and it's like I'm sitting around, like, I got nothing better to do than listen to the news and what's going on in the world. But, like, it's it really not that is. It's not nothing better to do. I just feel like I'm just always on the wrong. I, I need to focus on, like, what's in front of me. Like with my kids, I'm just like all over the place. I, I think I'm we too, can all yeah, do I'm better too, at that, right? I try. It's hard enough for me to just focus on like the task. She almost had a, she <laughs> almost had a meltdown when I tried to tell her about. Remember the story of the nurse that was purposely yeah. putting air in the kids. Like I can't. Like I'll yeah, just it'll um, ruin my entire. Just hearing that story like, made her like, please, why are you telling me? Like I'll end up on the her. couch. I. Uh, I texted you guys earlier, but I listened to uh, Daryl Cooper's uh, the Martyr Maid episode. I'm on. on uh, well, yeah, but I also listened to the one on the the My Lai Massacre today. Oh, I didn't boy. hear that one. It, it's hard because growing up as the more typical like Republican conservative, like rah rah America, let's go. It was one of those events that I wrote off to being just a liberal lie, but to really hear it at a point in my life now where I guess I'm more well-rounded and more willing to just accept truth for truth, it was it was hard. It was hard to listen to. Really, what hard. is what is that? The my lie. What is uh, my lie? My my lay my lie. It's I mean it's a Vietnamese word. So there's oh, the yeah the 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 my lay massacre. It, oh during it's, during. Uh, Vietnam War. Uh, a company of American soldiers massacred over 500 women, children, and old men and women in in a village in Vietnam. And like, Guys, I gotta bow out. I uh, Mark, sorry, thank I you so that. much for popping on, man. God bless you. It was nice hey, meeting hey, you, man. Mark, Mark, great, great uh, Byzantine show. That was awesome. Oh, dude. thanks, man. I'm I appreciate you tomorrow. guys. If you guys haven't, if you guys don't watch Tradmen, they're the only podcast that like I love. Like I, not the only one, but I love listening to their show, man. You guys got to check it out. Y'all are too kind. Y'all are too kind. I love listening to y'all too. Y'all take care. All right, Mark. Yeah, see, take you, it easy, Mark. see you, man. So wait, so, and so you listen to the podcast. It's just, it's just American soldiers massacred. Uh, yeah. And like, you know, the Daryl Cooper who, who does the martyr maid, he, he explained why, why he why he does shows like that. Like, and he even ex- he said like, because he reads so much and does so much preparation. He's like, afterwards he questioned like why he did it, like because like it made him feel like crap, right? But he's like, he wanted to do it because there was one or two cases of people doing the right thing, you know, of people being heroes in this this terrible event, this terrible circumstance. So like th- that was definitely a, a positive to it, but uh, yeah, just it, it makes you realize that when it comes down to it, people are just people, and everyone's capable of doing terrible things, no matter how willfully ignorant you try to be. The anti-humans episode, <clears throat> when they get into what the communists were doing to deprogram people, like they were, they were the, especially the priests and nuns, the things they did in Soviet Russia to priests. Were, was so horrific, making the priests do, perform sex acts with each other and making them, uh, oh, I couldn't even repeat some of the stuff. that Like, it's so horrific. What they Because if you had hope 
or if you had this thing inside you that you were saying like, all right, I still believe in Jesus Christ. They wanted you to hate Jesus. If you acknowledged anything that, anything that was ephemeral, right? Anything immaterial, they wanted to just crush it. They wanted you to be an animal. Yeah. Not just that they wanted you to lose your faith. They wanted you to hate your faith. They wanted you to, you, they wanted your suffering, you to relate your suffering so closely with your faith that the, you, you thought your faith was the cause of your suffering and that there was nothing of hope in it and that it was the reason you were going through what you were going through. And it was so horrific the things they would make these men do. They would make one of them dress as the Virgin Mary and while they were assaulting them. And it was just so horrific. Making these men eat feces, consecrated feces. As if they were the host, it, like right. the things they did, it was so hard to listen to. And you just say, "It's so crazy how all we hear about are the uh, are the uh, Yahtzees because we can't say that word." You hey. hear about the Yahtzees all the time, the, the, all the time. But the communists were well, a million times it, worse. Like like Daryl, who also did that show, um, like he was explaining is like. Yeah, there, there's so many different atrocities throughout history and in the 20th century and so many different um, uh, so many different uh, belief systems, right? Like, yeah, obviously what, what the, the German Third Reich did was obviously abhorrent and horrific. And, I mean, for those that were true believers, they were crazy, absolutely. But at the same time, that that you can recognize, right? You recognize it as human. It's terrible, but, but, and it's a terrible side of humanity, but it's human, you know, like you learn history and even in the Bible, you read about some of the things like the Assyrians did and the Babylonians did and all that. You recognize it as human um, and it's terrible, but it's still human. But the communists, it was completely different, right? I mean, they were a million people out. To the point, like when you when you know what they did to the Ukrainians, like they starved these people out, and if they found like a morsel of bread in your house, they it's like they if you weren't losing your mind trying to eat yourself and and cannibalize, they knew you were hiding food, so they would go back and research your house. The people were trying to eat dirt for nourishment. They didn't. It was they wouldn't even let them eat grass or anything. It was so horrific what they did. In that country, it's it should be all that we hear about because they're trying to bring communism back as if that's not the return of what would happen. Well, I mean it it it's never left, right? I mean, if you if you think about it, the communists it's completely a materialistic um, belief system, right? They don't believe in the human soul. It, they don't they don't believe in God, obviously, but it's not just that they don't believe in bravery. They don't believe in heroism. They don't believe in love. They don't believe in anything that isn't material. And they want to absolutely crush you and deprogram you. And they call it taking the mask off. They believe the ideals of like love and heroism. and, And like I said, anything that isn't material is just a mask that people wear and they want to break you down and turn you into an animal and take that mask off. And that's the same. That's what critical race theory is. That's what that's what you know. Feminism really is. It, it's it's trying to turn you into an animal and take the mask off. It, it's it's yeah. It's just inhuman. It's, it's, like the, it's why he calls that episode anti-human because it really it 
it really is all the things that make us unique. They they want to destroy and they want to just make you a machine or an animal with with no soul. It's like it's like we we really don't have any idea what what we're playing with right now. When you see all these these people with their uh, with the trans movement and all that stuff, so yeah, you can go. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're you're right. The trans movement is a perfect example of of modern communism. Of, yeah. Of that same sort of belief where um where it's all material. Now the trans movements, yeah, base desires, exactly. Um to them they 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 think gender in male and feminine, you know, they say it's whatever you want it to believe to be, but they still try to come up with material explanations for it, right? Like pseudoscientific explanations for it in the brain. But it's it's just so they can deprogram you and make you less inhuman. Yeah. Yeah. The, the further they get you away from belief in God, it's like, I, I'm telling you, it's why, why are these people not know their, their gender identities because they've lost their identity in God. Like if you don't yeah. know God created you male and female, then you don't know if you're male or female because you don't have your identity in God anymore. And, and not a, a, it's it definitely starts there, right? I mean, it, that's where it started in our in our society is is the taking God. I mean, it started a long time ago. I mean, in America, it started in seventeen seventy six. You know, it did. But, but every single thing we're seeing right now can all be brought down to birth control, right? In it, 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 everything we see is a way of tearing. Out different parts of your identity started with God, but you know, then the tearing out of true masculinity and true femininity, the tearing out of, of our national, you know, not that America really has a national identity, but the tearing down of what we believed America to be right. Whether it was true or not, the idea of, of being a, a nation where everyone gets a fair shot, where uh, there's opportunity for everyone they're tearing it down to tear away our identity, to tear us out of our communities. And out to, of destroy, our... to destroy anything that unites us as a culture. Cole, can you turn the air off? It's pretty cold. Cold? Yeah. Are you cold? <laughs> um, the, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so it's, it, it can all be, it's, it's crazy how important chastity is. Like people don't understand, like the, the, all of this is, it comes down to once you destroy chastity, culture falls apart. It is really what holds a culture together. And it, like once you start playing with sexual ethics like that, the the social cohesion falls apart it's, it, well, and it gets it, violent. And I think there's a few reasons for that. One is, well, it all comes to the family, right? Like what's the one of the few differences between humans as rational animals and, and base animals? It's, it's the fact that we – we have families to where, um, yeah. What what animals have the mother and father stay with the young? Very few, very and, few. and even then, it's it. There's very few extended things, and it's more tribes, right? It's it's not family in the sense where it's based in love, yeah, right. And it's in it, it, you know, animals copulate and mate just based on a- animal desire and that's what they've they've turned 
us into now, right? That's all it is. It's desire and, and base instinct. Um, yeah. Well, Margo, I, I would absolutely bring you on. I think we're going to wrap it up now. That's the only thing because it's getting late and I got food coming. Hope and I haven't eaten and I promise I'd make your yeah. <laughs> so, But Margo, next time we do something like this, you can come on and hang with us. Um, we, we should we should, we should, should have Margo on just to do a show about chastity. I'm yeah. up for that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, don't think we're blowing you off, Margo. We are literally, I mean, <laughs> I've been, I just wanted to, I, I, I felt like the show was incomplete after they left, so I just wanted to get on. And uh, yeah, so we have next Thursday we're doing trivia, but then Friday I think we may do something again, right, Rob? Mm-hmm. I think we're going to do another just the two of us. So we'll have a little more of a game plan next week, but it's going to be another free for all. But we will have a little bit more of a game plan next Friday. Don't forget next week's on Meaning of Catholic. Yeah, so trivia next Thursday, Meaning of Catholic. Uh, I don't think I'm going to do special guests. I think I'm just going to do home crew. It'd be good to introduce the meaning of Catholic people to to the the to our, our players, players. Our, our regular players, and it's like, yep. and I feel more relaxed. All right, like last like, last night started. It really did start a little rough, just because you're not sure, and it's not just because it was a, a priest, partly. But you just you never know how a new person's going to react to us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was a little sh- I was a little shocked at how how stern he was when I brought the cat on. Like, can you perform an exorcism on the cat? Like, I thought he would have laughed a little more at that. <laughs> and I don't know if it's if it's just that his personality or I don't know. I don't know him well enough. I was expecting a big laugh from that one. <laughs> like, yeah. I have this demon cat. Can you do an exorcism through the screen? <laughs> And he's just thinking, oh, this crazy New York Italian. Yes, that's exactly what he was thinking. But I did text him afterward, and he was like, I would love to come on and just talk with you guys. You know, I thought he was too, Lauren. Um, We were just saying how, like, how he fit in with his dry humor with us. He threw shots at me right away. Uh, I was bummed my internet. Yeah, Ben was supposed to come on with us yesterday. Um, We'll probably have room for our next week, I'd imagine. Yeah, Ben, why don't you come on with us on on Thursday? Because I... I'm going to ask just our, our regulars. We don't have any, you know, special guests or crazy things like that. So we'll, uh, we'll play, we'll play home team on Thursday. So guys, thanks for hanging with us. Uh, <laughs> it was a fun night. <laughs> I'm interested to see how people react to the, uh, the, or the regular temperament show. We'll, we'll see what people thought. My cousin Eddie texted me. He said it was a great, and I usually yeah. trust that opinion. I'm excited to put that one up on, on, on podcast. That should, yeah. I think it should good, do pretty well on there. Yeah, that's a good one to just listen to. Absolutely. So yeah, this 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 show might be too actually. Maybe on the podcast, connect them. Yeah, we'll get double the views if we do it separately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guys, we're trying to grow this thing. You guys, you guys have to help us break the algorithm. Hit like, please subscribe if you're not subscribed because we still have like thirty percent of our audience isn't subscribed. But share it. Like you have to break the algorithm because YouTube doesn't promote our stuff they just don't so if you guys share it that's how you defeat the algorithm we say way too many of the words you're not supposed to say yeah definitely but we're also not big enough yet you know so they don't see us as a valuable asset yet and that's the thing like when we say we want to get to a thousand subs it's like yeah that's the monetization level and it'd be nice but that's not really why we say we say because that's also the point of where like youtube will push you more because yeah because you're monetizing that because it makes them more money yeah. So, and the same thing goes for podcasts. A little bit different, but pretty similar. So, yeah, yeah. Come on, help us get over that thousand mark, man. We're uh, we're like, but also, shy. 
make sure you like watch or make sure you subscribe and like stuff on here. But honestly, go watch, go watch it over at SFTV. If if you ever miss a live show, go go over to Census Fidelium TV. Because yeah, we want to build that platform up because you're not giving you know flipping Google money at that point. So yeah, Census Fidelium TV is where it's at. Yeah, we can't do live streams from there yet. But once they get that capability, we're gonna really try and push the audience over that way because I don't want to be beholden to YouTube because they can just end you at any time you say one stupid thing that they don't like and they'll just that's it let's, let's just be glad they haven't listened to any of our stuff yet then <laughs> all right man take us out tell okay. them i said thank you for giving me your time i'll do that all right bye. okay have a good night everyone yo yo uh take me back to my reversion unite the class i give thanks to each person well thank you so much for listening to our show Hopefully you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed uh, making it for you. You know, Anthony and I really, really do love doing this. We really do enjoy it. And we are honestly still flabbergasted that anyone wants to listen to us and, you know, anyone we have with us uh, talk. So thank you so much. Um, If you haven't already, please uh, leave us a review for our podcast, hopefully a positive one. Um, and also make sure you check us out on YouTube. Uh, so much of our content is really, really meant for video and and is better on video. So head over to YouTube, subscribe to our channel, uh, avoiding Babylon. If you haven't already, um, check us out on Spiritus TV, which is basically the Catholic YouTube. Um, and once again, thank you so much, uh, Hopefully you'll join us again soon and God bless.